Hello everyone, welcome to A Millennial Learns. Thank you all so much for tuning in to this week's episode. We're talking about something I find very fascinating this week, which is astrology. Now I don't find it in the sense of like, I want to do astrology, but I find it fascinating the current surge in astrology. And I want to talk about that, about what astrology is, and about what the Bible says about astrology, because I see a lot of Christians or people who proclaim to be Christians who talk about their star sign, who talk about their, I don't know, there's a bunch of different, there's like moon rising, ascending, I don't know, there's like, they're talking about their birth chart or things that are astrological in nature. And I, again, have heard like Christian women on podcasts and uh, things talk about astrology and be into astrology. Now, that said, they're not Christian women in the sense of like, I'm not listening to them. I'm not listening to their podcast for a Christian take on something. They just say, you know, they have an unrelated podcast. They talk about pop culture or something and they say, oh, I'm a Christian, but then they'll talk about their star signs. And I get it. Everyone is in a different phase of their sanctification and stuff so everyone's at a a different spot some people who maybe grew up with astrology may have not read what the bible has to say about it or you know anyway we all have have things that might not align with biblical teaching at one point or another and you know it takes time to learn things but I just wanted to talk about the practice of astrology and what the bible said kind of the history about it and why it's becoming so popular today. Because if you talk to a girl my age, I feel like you'd be hard-pressed to find one that... Well, okay, I was going to exaggerate there. <laughs> I was going to say you would be hard-pressed to find one that like doesn't know astrology or talk about astrology. That's probably not true. But I just feel like so many more people are into astro- astrology these days. Crystals, like healing crystals and more so like astrology and the fact of not even reading horoscopes like oh what's my future but talking about their personality in terms of astrology so we are going to talk about all that I'm excited to dive into the topic I've been a little bit sick so if you hear um you know the rasp in my voice I will try to keep it to a minimum. But thank you all for being here. If you like the podcast, make sure to leave me a review on Spotify and Apple. That would really help. And recommend this show to a friend. We are, there are new episodes every Monday. I am becoming more consistent with that as well, because um, I really love doing this podcast episode. And it's just been a lot of transition this year with being a mom. So um But I think we're on a good schedule for this upcoming year, and we'll have episodes every Monday. So subscribe, and let's get into the episode. Okay, so the first thing we're going to talk about is the history 
of astrology and what, like really just what it is. Because I think some people, like if you don't know, it sounds like astronomy, which astronomy is the study of stars. And that is like the scientific study behind stars and of the movement of stars and stuff like that. So astronomy is different from astrology, whereas astrology is supposed to well, the definition in this website from study.com, it says astrology is a pseudoscience that is based on the superstitions, superstitious belief that the movement of the planets, sun, moon, and constellations determines a person's fate. Astrology maintains that each person is born under a particular sign of the zodiac. A zodiac is based on the constellation that is most prominent in the night sky in any given month. Astrologers use mathematics and other tools to calculate the course of various astronomical bodies and determine how these movements will affect a person's daily life and future. So that's the basic, um, the, you know, the basic concept that it's supposed to be like a future telling device, but also we talk about your personality. So a lot of people use it almost as like a personality test where they go, oh, I'm so outgoing. I'm a Leo. I'm so shy. I'm a Virgo. I'm so, um, I can't tell, or that's the same as, as, I don't know. Um, I am indecisive. I'm a blah, blah, blah. And it was crazy that when I was pregnant with my son and I said, you know, people said, oh, what's, the due date, and I said, oh, June 7th, immediately they'd be like, oh, a Gemini, like, those Geminis are just so, like, I forgot what they said about him, I think, like, just wild or indecisive or something, and I was like, excuse me, don't put that on him, (laughs) like, knock it off, um, but literally in the course of, like, two or three days, I had probably four people tell me that he was a Gemini, And I was like, why is this so popular? You know, people will make fun of Christianity till the cows come home. And then they talk about astrology and demand that you respect it. And I don't know, some of these devil standards are a little bit interesting. Um, But that's a whole other thing. So that is what astrology is. It can use it as like a personality thing or people will look at horoscopes and say like, okay, for Gemini's, um, the Gemini horoscope says, you know, that as Mercury moves out of its retrograde, your love life is going to take off. Like that's what that's telling us. So that is where I see it. Some people look up like daily horoscopes and then some people use it more of a personality. So That's what astrology is. This question said, is astrology a science? It says, even though astrologers use mathematics and astronomy to make their calculations, their work belongs to the same pseudoscientific field as cryptozoology. Sorry, cryptozoology, phrenology, and numerology. Now, whoa, my monitor just um, fell. If you heard a big loud noise there, but... It's all good. Um, So phrenology I'm just looking up is like another pseudoscientific thing. Apparently it says um, this guy theorized that the brain consisted of distinct regions responsible for carrying out different biological functions. But then they said that that's the correct study. Oh, phrenology means mind study. 
Phrenology theory states that a person's skull mirrors the shape of the brain and that the contours of the shape of the head reveal personality traits, intelligence levels, and behavioral tendencies. Um, and then today it says that it's like racist and sexist and the premises have been shown to be false. Okay, so that's just like, this falls into the same category basically where there's no scientific evidence to uphold this that you know that people say but um people still basically practice it and they use some scientific tools and things to practice astrology um again this article goes into like how astrology is different than astronomy but astronomy is used in astrology and then here is some of the history of astrology so Astrology is older than recorded history. There are many archaeological remains of astrological observatories, including the one at Stonehenge in England. Now, this says that astrology was probably originally developed as a way to calculate the changing of the seasons, as well as determine the appropriate time to plant and harvest crops. So I read something that basically said that astronomy and astrology back in the day, like at this you know, before written history, um, time period, they were the same thing. There was no like pseudoscience personality stuff. It was very practical of like, these stars are moving. When this star hits this thing, that's when we plant crops. And so it was like a seasonal thing and it was pretty much the same thing. Western astrology began with the ancient Mesopotamian civilizations as well as the ancient Egyptians. The zodiac symbols and names we use today originated with the ancient Greeks. The Greeks also invented the science of astronomy. So again, there was a lot of overlap at the beginning. Uh, One of the most famous astrologers in history was Nostradamus. Nostradamus was a French physician who dabbled in both astrology and other supernatural pseudosciences He made a large number of predictions that some people believe predicted many of the major events of the past five centuries. Um, And then it said it should be noted that many non-Western cultures have their own systems of astrology. So that is a good clarification. We're talking about like Western astrology and the kind of like LA based (laughs) astrology that I see so much of. Like if you watch a YouTube vlogger, I feel like they're talking about astrology. So that's the kind of astrology we're talking about, basically. Um, so it says ancient people did not understand. Obviously, the movement of the constellations was due to the Earth's revolution around the sun. They thought the Earth was the center of the universe, and then all the other bodies were revolving around it. So they had a geocentric model of the universe. Um, and it says, while the constellations move in a regular pattern that does not change from year to year, the sun, moon, and planets have a much less predictable and seemingly erratic movement pattern, or not pattern, but they had more erratic movements. So they used these, you know, position of the sun, moon, and the various planets at any given time to make predictions. Um, and they also took some genuine astronomical observations to make those predictions. Also, ancient people who were using astrology or were using astronomy to practice astrology and make these observations and predictions were only aware of the planets of Mercury, Venus, Jupiter, and Saturn. 
It says that they were unaware that Earth was a planet and they had no idea of about Uranus, Neptune, or Pluto. Okay, so the 12, I think it's 12, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12. Yeah, for some reason I thought there were 13. Um, and they like, because they were offset by month. But anyway, so there are 12 zodiac signs and they each uh, correlate with a, with an, a symbol, basically. So there's Aries, which is a ram, a Taurus, which is a bull, Gemini, which are twins, Cancer, which is a crab, there's Leo, which is a lion, Virgo, which is a virgin, Libra, the symbol is scales, like two like weighted scales. Scorpio is a scorpion, Sagittarius is an archer, Capricorn is a goat, Aquarius is a water bearer. And the Pisces is a fish. So astrologers will take, will, will make predictions for people based on their dates of birth, which correspond to their sign. So for example, my birthday is in December, so I'm a Sagittarius. So if I went to an astrologer, they would say, okay, we will look at the things that apply to you as a Sagittarius specifically because you're born at this time. Now, Again, like the stars will be in the same position or whatever in the sky on this on any given day. Like today, the stars have a certain position, but it applies to me apparently as a Sagittarius differently than it would apply to a Gemini. So my horoscope would say like, oh, you're going to find love tomorrow. And then for a Gemini, it's like, oh, a big heartbreak is in your future or something like that. So even so it's specific to each sign um any given position of the stars. So um this the like lesson summary cuz this is on study.com basically says that yes this appears to be scientific because you're using scientific things like astronomy and math to calculate the position of the stars and observe make these scientific observations but then it it branches into this pseudoscience where they're trying to make predictions about you, your personality, all this stuff, and none of that can be proven. So pseudoscience is basically like, yeah, it looks scientific. You might use some scientific principles, but there's no proof that this is actually working. Now, I don't believe in astrology, but the... It's funny, pseudoscience has like lost its meaning, I feel like, to me. Almost because um, it was just used so much during the COVID vaccine era and, you know, talking about taking vitamins, oh, like different treatments, oh, that's pseudoscience, oh, if you're skeptical about some things, that's pseudoscience. I feel like pseudoscience was thrown out a lot. And so now it's just funny when all these people who were very, very you know, pro-vaccine, say they're pro-science, like a lot of these same vloggers that I'm talking about are always talking, you know, they, during COVID, we're always talking about how they're pro-science and that's why they're getting the vaccine. That's why they're wearing the masks and they respect science. They love science. And then they're into astrology, which is complete pseudoscience. And then base a lot of their life decisions off of astrology. And that's what I mean when everyone has like 
I feel like everyone has some contradictions in your line of thought. And I think a point of this podcast is honestly for me to try to explore some of those and get all my logic to be, or as much of it as I can, to be like, you know, in line and logically coherent with each other. Because I, I see things like this when I'm watching YouTube or watching podcasts as people who claim they will only follow science and ridicule people who were skeptical during COVID are now turning to astrology. So, you know, go figure. That's interesting. Okay. Um, the next thing I wanted to talk about with astrology, now that we know a little bit of the history and how it came to be, is why it's becoming so popular. Like, it's just crazy that, again, people will make fun of all sorts of things and then turn to astrology and, you know, want complete respect for astrology. So I thought this uh, Washington Post article, I'll read a little bit of it, was just the title at least was grabbing. It says, young people are flocking to astrology, but it comes with risks. I was like, what risks does the Washington Post think is happening with astrology? Because, I don't know, I feel like they're all... I don't know where I'm going with that, but you know, the Washington Post is just interesting sometimes. Um, so it says, like others who subscribe, they, they talk about this girl who follows astrology closely and it determines parts of her personality. They say her passions, her romantic interests, and to some degree, even her life decisions. It says, like others who would subscribe to astrology, she's a firm believer that celestial objects have a direct effect on human life. Learning about astrology, LaRoque explained, has enhanced her self-awareness and deepened her bond with others. She knows who she is cosmically compatible with and conversely with whom she is not. She says, I'll never date a Pisces again. And it says she's half joking, but this is not a thing that a lot of people joke about is when I, again, maybe it's clear how often I listen or I watch YouTube videos and (laughs) listen to podcasts, but um, I hear this all the time. People are saying, oh, I just can't get along with Sagittarius men. And I can get along with cancer women, but I can't get along with cancer men. And it's like this, your astrological symbol is playing such a huge part in your life that you're going to shut yourself off to a whole group of people um, because of when they were born. Okay, that is not a correct view in my opinion also as Christians and we'll talk about a little bit about the Christian perspective and biblical references to astrology um, in a little bit here but from a Christian perspective that's not good because you are you know God is calling you basically to love all people and he sat down with all sorts of people doing all sorts of things. And by having like, by saying, Oh, I don't get along with cancer men. I don't get along with Gemini women. You're like closing yourself off to someone that the Lord could be calling you to minister to. You are having a preconceived notion about an image bearer of the Lord. God could be trying to bring someone into your life as a great friendship or 
you know, romantic relationship or something, and you just are making, letting the stars choose for you instead of God. So it's putting your trust really in something other than the Lord. Now, this is where like the Enneagram and personality test, which was like my very first episode of the podcast, that's where those things can venture into. But the way I see personality tests and astrology are different because with personality tests, you are telling the personality test what you do, like what your normal response is, what you've observed in yourself. Like, oh, when there's a stressful situation, I really thrive. Or when there's like too much calm, I get bored. I want to do a million things. You know, that's what you're telling the personality test. And they come back with, oh, well, then you are in this group of people and there's a whole group of people that are similar to you that, you know, this is kind of like a reaction type and, and that's pretty normal. And here's some, maybe some ways like to counteract those behaviors if you're finding them detrimental. So that's different to me than saying like, I was born on this date. Now you horoscope, tell me what my personality is. You know, that's like, I'm a blank canvas. Let me know what I need to act like to fit into being a Leo, you know? So that's where those are different for me. Sometimes I, I mean, there are definitely debates that are valid with the, using the Enneagram or any personality test to say like what your personality is more than God. And if you rely on those more than you rely on God, then that is not good. And if you're trying to you know, I, you, there's definitely a way that you can rely on those more than God. But I don't think necessarily just remarking on an aspect of your personality or taking a quiz that categorizes you in a certain ca- group, personality group, is against God or trusting that more than God. If it's just categorizing you and you can say like, okay, practically this personality test is like showing me that I have these patterns Maybe I should fix those and you can help fix them with the Lord or have the Lord help that help you fix them. Um, but yeah, again, astrology is basically saying I'm a blank slate. Here's the day I was born. Tell me what I need to be. Tell me who I am. And that's just not right from, I think, a Christian perspective. Um, so this basically then goes on to say this Washington Post article says that the astrology field is booming. It's been driven by the younger generations like Gen Z is way higher, um, in their astrology interest. There are Zodiac centric dating apps. There's astrology podcasts. There's a ton of books. There's like, I just heard of, um, clothing company where you can shop based on your zodiac sign so there's just all of that um astrologers say that the field has surged in popularity for several reasons the most salient of which is better accessibility through technology and then the next one they point to the pandemic and the mental health crisis that it kind of fueled because in times of you know In scary and tumultuous times, people look to something like higher than themselves. So some people turn to religion, some people turn to astrology. Um, 
it says not everyone's view not everyone views astrology's rising prominence as a positive development although market research from YouGov found that a quarter of Americans claim to believe in it there is no scientific evidence that supports astrology some experts say that while finding joy and fulfillment in reading astrology materials is one thing basing major life decisions entirely on disproven um science is risky for LaRogue, incorporating astrology into her life isn't necessarily about buying into every word she reads in her horoscope. She doesn't view astrology as one-size-fits-all, but rather an adaptable ideology. This is interesting to me. She says, quote, you pick and choose what resonates with you and what doesn't. Okay, that is such a weird concept to me. For any ideology to pick and choose what fits with you I guess now I guess with Christianity like with denominations if I go to a Baptist denomination or something and I agree with like 80% of what they teach I guess I can take the 80% that applies to me and kind of discard the 20% but within my own logic I am trying to make it consistent. So I believe in the Bible and I believe the Bible's true. So as I read the Bible, I want to make sure every aspect of my life lines up with what the Bible is telling me. Now, I would assume that if you believe in astrology, you would that would be like the the foundation of your belief is that astrology is true. So I don't see how picking and choosing from that is like a valid thing is a valid ideology basically if you read something that just doesn't apply you just say oh well that one must not be true because I don't resonate with it but this one's true so my future is this and I should make this life decision because that little part definitely was true but this the sentence right after it not true and I'm not going to take that part so that seems interesting It says that she became astrologically curious seven years ago in the wake of a bad breakup with a Pisces. Now it would take a lot of convincing for her to get involved with a potential partner of that sun sign. Um, Then it goes on, this article goes on to say that basically it doesn't work. Um, This says there was a parting of the ways between astrology and astronomy they were talking about a little bit of the history, a little bit um, above this in the article. So it says astrology doesn't statistically work. The premise is wrong. The physics are wrong. So, okay, this is another thing I want to get into. So the And I wanted to talk a little bit about it with the pseudoscience discussion. Because I don't think you should not believe in something just because maybe there's not a lot of scientific research yet like the scientific community doesn't know everything you know so I believe if someone believes that well I guess let's just take astrology like from a non-christian perspective if someone believes that astrology is real and they've done research on like how the stars are moving whatever they have come to the decision that some that they th- think it's real. Just because there is no 
scientific evidence to prove that it's true. I don't think that deserves like ridicule for believing it, you know? Now, if there's a lot of scientific against it being true, then at that at some point it's foolish to believe something that is like proven over and over to not be true. But if you're specifically just talking about something that is not proven to be true, some theory, some this is where I am with conspiracy theories too a little bit, which I'm not a big conspiracy gal, but like some of them that I've heard that I haven't done any research on seem like it could they could happen, you know? People will discount these theories as these crazy conspiracy theories just because they haven't been proven true. Well, maybe they just haven't been proven true yet. I don't necessarily think that believing in something that is unproven is is stupid or silly or deserves any sort of ridicule or whatever. I think it's like interesting to if someone came up to me and the Bible said nothing about astrology and they said, hey, I think there's this thing where stars determine your personality. It's like, well, if it hasn't been proven untrue, then hey, why don't we look into it? That seems kind of like a fun theory to see what happens. Now, sounds like there are a lot of articles that prove that astrology is not true. But the point of all that and what I'm trying to say in this rant that I'm on is basically like conspiracy theories half the time are just theories that haven't been proven true yet. Like the lab leak theory. Big controversial thing in 2020 about the origins of the virus. Now it's just been accepted in like mainstream but it was a conspiracy theory for a long time and people called people conspiracy theorists and it was like this whole thing and people were ridiculed for things that aren't proven to be true yet but then sometimes it's just not proven to be true yet you know so I don't think that people should necessarily just be discounted for anything that they believe in that is not proven true. So I I don't love this attitude about it. Like, well, science hasn't proven it yet. So these people are kind of loony. It's like, okay, well, we're all just a bunch of humans on earth trying to figure out what's happening. You know? All right, enough about that tangent. (laughs) Sorry. Anyway, that is... Um, astrology. And then this article just basically says like, if people are just making rant, like these huge life choices from horoscopes that may not be reliable and, and astrology isn't even true, then they could be making terrible life decisions, which I guess is a good warning to put out, you know, don't maybe put so much stock into something that is has no statistical proof or anything. So it's just kind of a word of caution, I guess. Um, There's definitely more to the article, but I'm just going to keep it at that. Um, Okay. The next thing, obviously, and we've talked a little bit about this, is what does the Bible say about astrology? Now we're going to read some verses in a little bit. Um, But I found an article from BibleInfo.com that talks about astrology. So, um, there are definitely Bible verses about it. It is first mentioned in Isaiah 47, 
where they say all the counsels you have received have only worn you out. Let your astrologers come forward. Those stargazers who make predictions month by month, let them save you from what is coming upon you. Surely they are like stubble. The fire will burn them up. They cannot even save themselves from the flame. Each of them goes on. on oh, each of them goes on in his error. There is not one that can save you. Basically saying, yep, they're just going to give you a bunch of predictions and they can't save themselves. Basically the Bible saying, yeah, it's not, it's not right. It's kind of pseudo pseudoscience in so many words. Um, it says in this first mention of astrology in the Bible, God is speaking to the people of the ancient pagan Babylon. Middle East archaeology has confirmed that astrology did indeed originate in the nation of Babylon, now called the country of Iraq. Um, so it talks more about what astrology is, but we have kind of gone over that pretty extensively. So this says, is astrology real? Now, so, so let's read this. King Nebuchadnezzar had asked his astrologers and other wizards to tell him his dream and interpret its meaning in Daniel, the book of Daniel. How did they respond? Daniel 2.10 in the NIV informs us, the astrologers answered the king, there's not a man on earth who can do what the king asks. No king, however great and mighty, has ever asked such a thing of any magician or enchanter or astrologer. So the astrologers of Babylon were unable to help the king with his troublesome dream, but God had blessed Daniel with the gifts of the Holy Spirit, which one of those was interpretation of dreams. So Daniel answered in the presence of the king and said, the secret which the king has demanded, the wise men, the astrologers, the magicians, and the soothsayers cannot declare to the king. But there is a God in heaven who reveals secrets, and he has made known to King Nebuchadnezzar what will be in the latter days. Your dream and the visions of your head upon your bed were these. And then Daniel described him the dream. It says, if there is a need to understand perplexing situations in our lives, we are wise to shun the error and devil of astrology divination, but rather let us know that there is a God in heaven who reveals secrets and in prayer we turn to God for help. Now, so at the end of the day, whenever we talk about astrologers, a lot of times in the Bible it's grouped in with fortune tellers and psychics and mediums and like anything to kind of calm the anxiety of the future, have predictions about the future or do things like this, like interpret dreams, which the interpretation of the dream was to tell the future. And the Bible makes it very, very clear that that is wrong, that we are to go only to God for the future. He will help us through, you know, any anxiety about that to reveal those secrets, to comfort us about what may come in the future or prepare us for what may happen in the future. So I pulled up where the Bible references this and let's, let's start here. So the first one of them is Leviticus 19, 26 through 27. You shall not eat anything with its blood. You shall not practice augury or witchcraft. You shall not round off the hair of your temples or mar the edges of your beard. You shall not make any gashes on your flesh or in the dead or tattoo any marks upon you. Um, oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> I read the wrong one. Hold on. 
I mean, that is all good stuff as well. <laughs> but I believe that this said to read at 19. Oh, yeah. No, that was the one. She was an augury. I think that is the astrology. Then at the end, also, it says, um, oh, gosh, hold on. My notes are all messed up here. Let me just push this over to the side. Okay, we're back. Then it also says, do not turn to mediums or wizards. Do not seek them out to to be defiled by them. I am the Lord, your God. So again, trust in the Lord over any of the astrologers or mediums or anything like that. Leviticus 20 verse 6 says, I will set my face against anyone who turns to mediums and spiritists to prostitute themselves by following them. I will cut them from their people. And then in verse 27, it says, a man or woman who is a medium or spiritist among you must be put to death. You are to stone them. Their blood will be on their own heads. Now, seems quite harsh. I heard a whole biblical sermon about the Nephilim and how, you know, the sons of man came down and had sex with the daughters or wait, the sons of God came down and had sex with the daughters of man. And those resulting beings were the Nephilim. And basically they were like half demon, half human. The Nephilim, like the Philistines were a group of um, the Nephilim and, and the Nephilim were the people or the, the beings, I guess, cause they weren't humans. They weren't full humans. Um, they taught humans like addiction, like drugs, how to use drugs to alter the state of your mind, astrology, psychics, and a lot of violence. So this is like the, how to prevent, you know, that infiltrating, the people of Israel. Okay. Next one is Deuteronomy 18, nine through 14. So it talks about occult practices. When you enter the land, the Lord, your God is giving you, do not lean, do not learn to intimidate. Oh my gosh. I need to be able to read better. When you enter the land, the Lord, your God is giving you, do not learn to imitate the detestable ways of the nations there. Again, I believe this is referring to the Nephilim nations. Let no one be found among you who sacrifices their son or daughter in the fire, who practices divination or sorcery, interprets omens, engages in witchcraft, or casts spells, or who is a medium or spiritist, or who consults the dead. Anyone who does these things is detestable to the Lord. Because of these same detestable practices, the Lord your God will drive out those nations before you. You must be blameless before the Lord your God. So, very bad. Second Kings 21 6 says, he said to her, because I spoke to uh, Naboth the Jezreelite and said to him, give me your vineyard for more money or else if it pleases you, I will give you another vineyard for it. And he answers, I will not give you my vineyard. Wait. Oh, <laughs> sorry, y'all. I... Looked up first Kings. It's in second Kings. I was like, this is about a vineyard, not wizards. Okay. This says, and he made his son pass through the fire and observed time and observed times and used enchantments and dealt with familiar spirits and wizards. He wrought much wickedness in the sight of the Lord to provoke him to anger. That one makes much more sense. All right. Isaiah eight verse 19 
says, when someone tells you to consult mediums and spiritists who whisper and mutter, should not a people inquire of their God? Why consult the dead on behalf of the living? Again, it's in a place of distrust. Like all of these are in a place of distrust where you're trying to go to something of the world before you go to God in place of going to God. You're trying to get your future from, from the stars instead of the Lord who made the stars. Um, okay. Isaiah 47, 13 through 14, all the counsel you have received has only worn you out. Let your astrologers come forward. These stargazers who make predictions month by month. This is the one we read at the beginning, but I'm going to keep reading it because it's very good. Let them save you from what is coming upon you. Surely they are like stubble. The fire will burn them up. They cannot even save themselves from the power of the flame. These are not coals for warmth. This is not a fire to sit by. Very big warning. And then the the next verse they say is the book of Daniel where they call in the um, astrologers to try to interpret the dreams and they can't. Now, another interesting thing that I have... I guess another interesting argument about astrology is I was listening to another podcast. That's like my tagline now is I was listening to another podcast and it's two girls who have left the Mormon church. Um, they're on the podcast of the co-hosts and they were talking about astrology. So as they've left the church, they've kind of dabbled into astrology and birth charts and things like that. And they were talking about it on the podcast and they said, you know, I don't really get why astrology is inconsistent with living with religion or practicing your religion. Because if you believe that God made the universe, then you believe that God made the stars and God controls the positions of the stars. And so learning things about yourself and your future from the stars that God made is consistent is like a consistent logical point of view. It's not bad. It's kind of like the same argument of like smoking weed's not wrong because God made weed because it's a natural plant, you know, kind of gives that those vibes of an argument where God made the stars. I'm going to try to tell my future based on the stars and it's fine because God made them. Okay. Well, my first thought to that is like God made the tree of the knowledge of good and evil as well. And he told Adam and Eve to not eat from it. So there are things that God made that you are not to partake in or that there are these boundaries or guidelines in life that he is, he has put in place to protect you from, even though he made those things. He also says to not alter our mind, to have our mind stay sober and vigilant. And so smoking weed is probably not like the best way to do that. To kind of dip into, you know, like a lot of people talk about psychedelics and how they're natural and God made those. And we could get, you know, to know God more or know this other level of spirituality through psychedelics. Well, okay, that might exist, but that might not be something that's beneficial for us to partake in. Same thing, like, yes, God made the stars, and God to also told us to go to him first and to trust him. 
He didn't tell us, hey, go to the stars and I'll tell you things through the stars. No, he said to trust him. First of all, the future telling thing, we don't need to know our future. God knows our future and God has got our future. Like we're not supposed to know everything that is coming to us. We're supposed to trust him. So just that, where we're saying, well, God made them, and I'm going to tell my future based off the stars, and it's fine because God made them. Well, also, it's not fine just because, simply because he told us not to. We can go through all the logic hoops, and I think that the logic is bad anyway because you're supposed to trust God with your future, not trying to be figuring out your future. So that I don't think holds up logic wise, but even if it did, even if logically, yes, okay, God made the stars, the star, I can observe the stars and the stars tell me that is logically consistent. Even if everything was logically consistent with astrology and why we can serve God and use astrology, let's say that that logic was sound. The pure fact that if you read the Bible and God says to not do it, says that it's not good. I saw this amazing um, sermon by Jackie Hill Perry. And she basically says, like, culture will tell you things are good because they're fun or good because they're harmless. People will say that something's not a sin because it's not harming anyone. She says, we know we what if it's harming God? Basically, like we never ask that question. God is the one who determines what is good and what is not good. And she says, why? Because he's God. Also, because he's good. God is good. He, whatever he says is good, is good. And whatever he says is not good, is not good. Even if our human minds can do jumping jacks and find some mentally gymnastic ways to like, I don't know, to warp the logic to make it make sense to our human brains. If we go to the Bible and we're truly trying to follow what it says and follow the Lord and have a relationship with Jesus and live like he wants us to live, the mere fact that it's on a page with a verse that says, run from these things, they can't save you, they can't help you, only the Lord can help you stay away from it, that alone tells me to not do it. And that means it's bad. So, and I, I have recently tried to be, been trying to come around to that logic or not even logic to just that where it's like, okay, once you believe in Jesus and once you believe, once you're a Christian and, and once you want a relationship with him, you then basically start coming to the point where you're like, whatever this says, whatever he labels as good is good. It doesn't have to make sense to me. Whatever he says is bad is bad and it does not have to make sense to me. Like Phil Robertson from Duck Dynasty always talks about this story where he was a commercial fisherman and he was fishing on the rivers and Sometimes these people would come and steal his fish. They would like pull up his nets and steal his fish. And he would usually go out there, you know, before he was saved, he would go out there and with a shotgun and threaten them and say, don't come back, you know, stop stealing my fish. 
he he became a Christian. He read the Sermon on the Mount about how if someone steals, like, steal something, give them the cloak off your back, basically. Be nice to them, essentially. Turn the other cheek. Give them more. If someone steals something from you, give them, give them more. And he's like, this makes no sense. But I trust that, you know, I'm following Jesus. I trust that this is how he says. So I'm going to do something I've never done before. And the next time when he went out on the river, he went up. And instead of threatening the people stealing his fish, he said, if you wanted fish, you should have just come asked. And he pulled up all the nets with them and he gave them all the fish. And they were so freaked out and like confused that they never came back and they never stole his fit stealed they never stole his fish anymore and that story sticks with me so much because it's like if you trust the bible if you well if more than the bible if you trust the lord and you do what he says and you come to a point where it doesn't matter what your mind thinks is good or bad. It only matters what he says is good or bad. It doesn't make logical human sense that giving them more fish would stop them from stealing your fish. That doesn't make rational sense. But it does when the Lord tells you to give them your fish, you know? All right, well... That's pretty much all. That turned it into a <laughs> it turned it from astrology to uh just the sovereignty of God, basically. But yeah, that's what I learned throughout this whole study of astrology is like when God says something is good, it is good. When God says something is bad, it is bad. As Christians, we should not be trying to find loopholes and ways to justify things like this when the Bible is very clear on this issue. So that's where I'm at. And that's all for this week's episode. I hope you enjoyed it. I will see you next week with another episode. We're going way in a different direction. I heard of this debutante ball that happened. And Henry Ford's descendant, like great-granddaughter or something, was one of the debutantes that attended this ball. And it was a very high society, high class. It got me thinking what the history is of debutante balls. So next episode should be a little bit lighter than, than this week's one was. But if you enjoyed the episode, make sure to go leave me a review. Subscribe on whatever podcast platform you are listening on. I appreciate you being here. Thank you for listening. Tell a friend about the podcast, and I will see you next week. Talk to you later, everyone. Bye.